T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Danny and Dusty. All right, my rock smashes your scissors. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. Hey, what's happening, Norm? Well, it's a dog eat dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. No! The fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. If you missed any of hour number one, it was a journey, an adventure. We still have a pull-up at Danny and Dusty on Twitter. You have to sit down and watch every movie from one of these actors. Who are you choosing? Kevin Costner, Sly Stallone, Nick Cage, or Keanu Reeves? Um, We have a lot. We have a lot of votes in right now. Keep voting. We'll address this later in the show. Kevin Costner currently leading with 39.6% of the vote. Keanu Reeves, 39%. That's that's one vote away. Nick Cage is 17%. And no sly. Slow, slow. Do you see the little kid do the Rocky speech? No. In Philly? Oh, watch Uh. it. Stallone was doing like a meet and greet in front of his Rocky statue in Philly. Mm. And a kid came up and just started giving the, was it Sunshine and Rainbows speech? Mm. And he was just like going at him the whole time. Like, because that's the difference between, you know, going on the, the whole mix. thing. Yeah. And it was like Stallone was like interjecting and he was a part of it. It was really cool. It was awesome. Hmm. That kid's going to, one, that kid watches way too much Rocky. Stage social media. But two, it was really cool. Hmm. It was a really cool video. Even if they were acting. Good acting in that mm, social media there video. You go. He's under 30. That kid? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Hollywood, Maybe he's like he does Gary Coleman or Webster. I think there are parts of Sly's face that are under thirty. I think. All oh, there's a is. lot of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we found out today the NCAA is trying to do something that um, will actually lead to its survival. It's just a crazy thing. They seem to have been working against themselves for the last oh forty years. Um, now they're trying to do something right. Charlie Baker is the new president of the NCAA, and he uh, offered up a proposal to D1 members this morning 
and there were rumblings about this yesterday because uh, all the movers and shakers are in Las Vegas, Nevada, trying to figure out the future of college sports and having their their big you know a big conference. That's what that's what you do when you want to spend money um, and you make billions of dollars every year and you don't really do anything like the NCAA does. You you host big Mm -hmm. conferences, right? Got to spend it somewhere. Otherwise, the government starts looking. Yeah. What Charlie Baker is doing is basically he wants he's proposing a complete restructure and reform of the FBS subdivision. This would be college football. Yes. This is the NCAA's push for relevance going forward because of what's currently happening at Congress, where there is a dividing line between student-athletes, remaining student-athletes, or becoming employees. We have seen the chasm grow between the Power Five or Autonomous Five Mm -hmm. and the Group of Five conferences. The Autonomous Five, uh, well, which is about to be the Autonomous Four, Mm -hmm. with the Pac-12 going, bye-bye, is they spend at a level that is not commiserate with the other teams that are supposed to be vying for a championship at, at the same level. The FBS, where you have the Mountain West, Conference USA, mm-hmm. Fun Belt, Maction, American Athletic Conference, most of the independents, excluding Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, they have no shot of winning a national title. No, We know they have no shot at the national title. Hell, we're, we're going to see it this weekend, or this bowl season, at the end, at the beginning of next month, less than a month away, a 13-0 Liberty team is going to play the Oregon Ducks in the mm-hmm. Fiesta Bowl, and they went 13-0, and they're ranked 23rd in the country. And they're probably, even, even with a bunch of Ducks sitting out, or opting out, are probably going to get rolled. And what they are proposing now is this breakaway division which is you will ha- truly have your haves and your have-nots. I've been a proponent of this for a long time Yes. because look at the FCS. Look at the pride that programs like Montana, Montana State, North Dakota State, yep. have South Dakota State, have in winning a championship at the FCS mm-hmm. level. It truly is. I mean, it means a lot. Yes. You cannot tell those fan bases. Life, lifebloods of communities. Look, man, I, was, I lived 40 minutes from Fargo. We would go down to North Dakota State games, and this is 20 years ago, and it was everything. You had UND hockey, and you had North Dakota State football, and they were that was the beginning of their powerhouse run. Mm-hmm. And even 20 years ago, it was through and through the lifeblood of that community. And if you look at some of these these athletic departments that. It means a whole heck of a lot. Like James Madison is a great example of this. They're now playing at the FBS level. Mm-hmm. But as a member of the Colonial Athletic Association, when they were playing FCS, they had a top 70, um, what is it called, revenue, revenue in all of college athletics. Which, again, that number that you just mentioned, 70, yeah. is, very, 61st. is very important in the sense of this. Because as we go on, I will highlight... Ross Dellinger ultimately believes through discussions that mm-hmm. 70-ish schools will opt into this program. Because that's the thing is, it is, an, it is not a requirement. It is an opt-in, opt-out situation. Now, there's a lot that has to go into this, right? Yeah, the, there's and a lot. It is going to be more convoluted mm-hmm. than it is crystal clear, and it's going to make it a whole lot tougher. And this is where you have this break between the haves and the have-nots that we already see play out. Hell, we already see it play out in the Power Five conferences. This look is just at the recognizing way the, it fully. Look at the way the Pac-12 shook out and its its destruction and demise. Mm-hmm. Right, Oregon and Oregon State 
they are not on the same footing as Oregon, Washington, and some of their peers within their own conference. Mm -hmm. And it it is clear that the revenues that those schools bring in and the expenses that those schools put out are nowhere near what Oregon State and Washington State are. Exponentially different. So in order to do this, what for entry into the subdivision, schools are required to deposit annually at least $30,000 per student-athlete into a trust for their school's athletes. Now, this is this is where it gets really gray, is that when you have football programs, when you have uh, basketball programs, this is not just the men's side of things. Because they're doing this in order to make them not employees and to hold their, you know, non, uh, their, their charity status, mm-hmm. right? Their nonprofit status, I should say. They have got to adhere to Title IX. Yes. And they want to make it so you cannot be a, a for-profit athletes are employees. But what they want to do is they want to bring in name, image, and likeness. In-house. Into the school. Yes. No more collectives out there subverting coaches and athletic departments, throwing money at guys and recruits that some of the coaches don't even want there. No. But the boosters seem to think it's a great idea. And This is also, when you bring things like this in-house, you're, you start opening up the doors for... Again, this is what they're trying to. The whole idea of this is to stop this from happening. But the closer and more you pull this in house, the more it makes them look like employees, which opens up the doors for that legislation occurring. Because yeah. then you get players coming together, forming a players' union, collective bargaining, and then they start getting into revenue sharing. And that's where the NCAA, in my opinion, is trying to stave this off to keep their relevancy. Mm-hmm. To keep their their keep their cut of the pie. Yep, that is what they are trying to do. No, Survive. no, no, no. Hey, look, we get it. We were we've been wrong for the last sixty five years. We're more than willing to give up basically everything so we can continue existing. It is right to treat FBS football programs and those those athletic departments differently than all the other ones. Yes, though, because it, it, I, I find it very interesting that Baker puts it as FBS mm-hmm. and not Division One mm-hmm. because FBS tells you. That this is football related, yes. and the teams that are on a different footing financially are those Power Five football programs. And you and I went through this before the show, going through schools. We came to seventy-two. That's that would be the viable number, and that would essentially it. come to what we had talked about all summer long during all of the conference stuff. Was what. 80 teams, two 40-team super conferences, and this is about as close as it gets. And it's going to be really hard for that because you will have a big gap even if you get to that 72 because we were looking at revenues and kind of how they break out. And 55th is where it cuts off. Like, it's a massive gap. It's about $15 million in revenue from Mm -hmm. 55 to 60. And then you go up, there's another break off where it's like 55 to 40, and it's like $20 million. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a big gap that you're going to be seeing where you have universities like, you know, to, to put that into perspective here, if you were to go 72, if you're just going straight off of revenue generated alone. Mm-hmm. Because, right? and again, you can't, there's a couple things in here that, that part of this is there are private schools, yeah. name, USC, that are not included in this because they're not required to disclose that information. And they are, they, we know they, they'd be in hand over fist. Yeah. They, they generate money. So if you were, to, if I would just take Washington State, right, which they're one of the lowest revenue generators of any of the, um, Power fives, right? 
their total revenue that they generate, um, and this is from, I think, two it's two years ago because it goes, we're almost all the way to the 2023 um, being a factor. So you have, or Oregon State is at $83 million of revenue, okay? They're 54th nationally, okay? If you go up to 35, you, you reach Kansas, okay? We have only moved, we've moved 20 spots, right? They go from $83 million in revenue and you go all the way up to $118 million, okay? The gap between Oregon State and Oregon, which is the top revenue generator of the public universities for the Pac-12, is $153 million. They're at 19th nationally. Yeah. Number one is Ohio State at $251 million. That I mean, that's the gap that's you're the gap. talking about. Yeah. And when you talk about $30,000 per student-athlete, you also have to look at how big your athletic department is, right? And, and you just and take... Per, per scholarship-athlete. You take... Well, it's... Yes, but you take how many sports, and if this is Title IX regulated, mm-hmm. right? So we just talked about how Oregon is far outpacing Oregon yes. State in their revenues at $153 million to $83 million, right? Mm-hmm. That's a massive gap right there. $70 million that yes. we're talking right there alone, okay? Oregon has 20 varsity sports for 450 athletes. Oregon State has 559 student athletes. They have more athletic programs. They have more athletes. And you're talking $30,000 for every single one of those athletes at a scholarship that now we're talking. All right. So these schools that aren't uh, generating as much revenue have more student athletes. They've got to close that gap even more. And that's where this thing gets even harder. And even in this haves and have nots structure of FBS, you have that gap still, but this is this is just kind of solidifying that we know the playing field is not level. We know that if we go down the road, we still are with mm-hmm. collectives and NIL being detached from the universities. That Congress is going to step in, and we're not even going to exist at all. So every other sport outside of football and basketball, where do they go? How do they operate? What umbrella are they under? This is just a save face for the NCAA. That's exactly that's exactly it right there. Because when this is all said and done. I've said it a thousand times at this point. The NCAA needs to go away. They they serve no purpose in football. They're, they're well in football. They're, and they're, I, they're we all agree yeah, on that. They're yeah. done in football, yeah. which they don't want to be done in because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. Which what, what will happen is they'll take their BS to basketball, and we'll have to deal with the stupidity of it there. But in football, they're done. They're gone. Like this is a last. Thing. The reason you have a commissioner coming in on the heels of Mark Emmert, the worst freaking commissioner the NCAA has ever had. Mm-hmm. Who was fought every single advancement tooth and nail for twenty years? Going this hard the other way is because he knows he sees the comet coming. Yep, that's the problem. Everybody is looking at NIL as the catalyst for this, and yes. that is true. That is it. There are other layers to this that garner a different level of football, and we will have yet another tier of college football. We will have the fifth tier of college football because currently you have FBS, FCS, division two, division three. We are going to get a fifth tier and FBS subdivision division. There is a lot more control that happens when you do get that fifth tier. And we'll get to that next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, we're talking about the NCAA's safe face move today. Charlie Baker, the new president of the NCAA, releasing a proposal that basically says the FBS is going to split into two sections. We already have the FCS, uh, which are considered um, Division One programs, but we know that there's a financial just absolute canyon between the haves and the have-nots. And in in the release and in the letter that was sent to uh, decision makers across the Division One schools, this was eye-popping to me. Fifty-nine Division One schools spend over a hundred million dollars annually on their athletic programs. Fifty-nine, fifty-nine. There's currently, I think, there's seventy score sixty-nine if you include nice. uh, Notre Dame, sixty-nine Power Five schools. Mm-hmm. Only 59 spend over $100 million a year on their athletic departments. Mm -hmm. And if you want to look at it and you say, okay, you know, how did some of these schools get left behind even though they have tradition? Well, two of the ones that don't spend $100 million a year, Oregon State and Washington State. Okay? Mm -hmm. You look at some of the ones that that were able to, you know, uh, Colorado's up at $95 million dollars they spend on athletics. Mm-hmm. UCLA's at $131 million that they spend on athletics. God, what are they wasting that money on? Uh, a lot of this stupid stuff. <laughs> but there's 31 or 32 Division I schools that spend over $50 million on their athletic departments. Mm-hmm. So think about that. You're at 59 that are over $100 million. You have 32 that are over $50 million. 259 Division I schools spend less than $50 million on athletics. Cowards. That is why this is needed. Mm-hmm. That Because you have schools that are playing FBS, like, say, a San Jose State, mm-hmm. where everything else 
is not they're at FCS funding for everything yes. else, right? So it it doesn't make sense for this to happen for for them to be playing in the same on the same playing field. No. So split it off, make a new championship, put NIL, have your haves and your have-nots, play under different sets of rules. We got went down this road a few years ago when they passed the Autonomous Five, where the Autonomous Five are the five power conferences, and they do have different recruiting standards, different calendars, and different ways that they can operate financially. Well, what this is also going to do, if this passes, it's not just the NIL, it's not just the NCAA saying we can't control the power football conferences and we shouldn't be controlling of them. We don't control their playoff anyways. So why should we control how they operate? This is going to go into things like what Michigan is being popped for right now, right? There was a rule saying that you can't do advanced scouting because of why? Because some schools couldn't afford to do mm-hmm. advanced scouting weeks in advance. So you can't send somebody live. You can't send them to film their signals anyways, but you can't do advanced scouting in a stadium. You would also have that. And then you would have, um, different scholarship restrictions. You would have coaching staff limitations being lifted to where if you wanted to have 15 full-time coaches, go ahead and do it. You can only have 10 right now. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because if you want to be in on it, you've got to be able to push all in. Yes. And this is where you sit there and you look at it and you go, some of the schools that are feeling left behind or that are being dragged along into some of the power conferences, it may be better for them to play at the other FBS level. Right, because you financially you're not on the same footing, and you'll be left behind in this new one as well. Mm-hmm. No matter what conference you are in, right? If you're in the Big yes. Twelve and you're Arizona or Arizona State, I'm not talking just about Oregon State and Washington State, mm-hmm. but if you are Arizona, Arizona State, where you're not on the same uh, financial footing as the top, the top programs in the Big Ten, the SEC. Mm-hmm you're going to be left behind even further than you are now under these new rules. So maybe that FBS where you're not in the top tier is better for your program. I know that sucks to hear, and there's the, a lot of people well, like, no, the flip, we want to play a, on the on the on at the top level. There is a flip side well, of this, though. maybe have relegation. Well, to that point, the, the way it is discussed by Ross Dellinger is this is an opt-in, opt-out situation yeah. where if it, you, it, you can't do it anymore, you're out. Yeah. And so that is a thing, and this is what I think is interesting. This is a way for the Oregon States, the Washington States, the Arizonas, the Arizona States, where if they want to do this, ante up and do it, you can, but you would probably have to wait until the next TV deal to see if you can actually be a bigger part of that to allow you to be in that game. I wonder if, and I wonder for Oregon State and Washington State fans, in this format, where you're not dropping down to the FCS. And one of the things is like you want to be able to compete at the level you're playing at, right? We have seen now that everybody else has has thumbed their nose at Washington State and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And fair or unfair, that is what has happened. And you look at the financials of it, we just went through it, right? The, the gap between Oregon State, Washington State, and the other Power Fives from revenues and spending even when they're in the Pac-12, have been astronomical. This gap will make it even further. Would playing at the FBS that is not the power level, that is not part of this opt-in, and winning a national championship and carving carving out your road there and then saying, all right, we've done it. Can we make that jump after getting some footing? Is that more palatable for you? 
to not feel like you're just being left behind and saying, we're never going to be able to win a national championship. We're never going to be able to reach the mountaintop again. Is this a way and a pathway to get back to that relevance in a new structured college football? That, I mean, that's a, that's a legitimate question I have for Coogan B fans, because to me on the outside, I'm saying, yeah, that, that sounds a lot better than, being completely shut out as they are right now mm-hmm. and saying, what is our pathway forward? Because we have seen that these programs that are in the smaller conferences or at a lesser level, they can make a butt ton of money, have their fan base rejuvenated, have mm-hmm. a passionate fan base and say, we can win that national title. And then you can make your jump and move your way up the ladder. Hell, Boise state is a prime example of this. Yes. Boise state, was a junior college. Then they played Division Two football. Then they went and they went to the FCS level, and then they went to uh, the FBS. FBS level, and they have made themselves a damn good football. Is it easy? No, no, it's not. But as it stands right now, the financial footing just isn't there. Smurf surf ain't free. Mm-mm, it's not, and it's not. And their facilities are great. Mm-hmm. Their tradition is fantastic, Mm -hmm. and they were able to do it the right way. You have to have your ducks in a row. And here's the thing about Oregon State and Washington State that gives you a head start is the fact that your facilities are fantastic. Top-notch, yeah. They're fantastic right now. You don't have to sit there and make that that climb and dig out of that hole nearly as steep as some of these other programs are. I I think that's an interesting thing because this is going to be – the NCAA just wants Congress off their back. Mm -hmm. They know that they are in an unredeemable – situation with the way that the top level of FBS is spending compared to everybody else. They need to find a way to break it off. And this is the easiest way to do it because they really have no control over football anyways. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see which way this progresses. It's an interesting alternative. I still think in the end they're going to end up being employees, but I do too. I a hundred percent, 100%. So whether or not this is some little hail Mary for that allows the NCAA stay around relevant for five more years, whatever I'd rather see it burn in hell, but Hey, uh, that's just me. Uh, coming up next on our worst day in the web. <laughs> I, I don't hide my feelings with the NCAA. Uh, coming up next to the worst day on the web. Yeah, just uh, with the NCAA. <laughs> what does and doesn't fly for content creation when it comes to YouTube? Danny and Dusty. But first, here is your Bitcoin Sports and Update. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. You know, a lot of times they say dudes can just sit around and name NBA bench role players. Oh, yeah, let's do that. I actually did this. Robert Pack. Mm, Tracy Murray. Oh, God. Stacey Ogman. Ennis Watley. <laughs> we can. We can literally do this. I, I did this with somebody the other day and I was like are we really doing this right now we just went through and named 2004 NBA draft Danny players. Young you're killing me <laughs> Ron Harper um, but sometimes we also get other ideas like maybe I should hop in a plane and fake crash the plane but also intentionally crash it not a good idea it with a parachute and film it was part of a product sponsorship not a good idea which is actually what happened when not a, a good idea uh, a 30 year old Trevor Jacob decided in December of 2021 uh, to eject from his plane just so happened uh, with his parachute on when he started filming and selfie stick in hand. This is not good. Uh, he has been sentenced to six months in jail 
for uh, crashing his plane intentionally and lying to federal pro- federal prosecutors about it. So this is the whole internet gone stupid. Um, you can watch Danny and Dusty and all of the 1080 The Fan <laughs> local shows on YouTube.com slash 1080 AM The Fan. Indeed. Uh, please like and subscribe. And- it's like a crashing plane. You can go ahead and you can watch all of these shows. Hell, we may even start doing this because this guy, this was part of a YouTube stunt where uh, apparently he's former military or something like that. Former um, snowboarder, I know that. Oh, snow Olympian. That's Olympian. what he is. He's a former Olympian, close to the military, right? Nope. Um, but he's a, a former Olympian, and he now just does his YouTube videos, and he's a pilot. And so he got in and got like this endorsement deal with a, a wallet company who was like, hey, let's do some sort of stunt. And his bright idea was, I know what I'll do. I'm going to go and I'm going to fly my plane up and then jump out of it and say that we I had an engine malfunction. And it's going to be like this video that it's going to be awesome because people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, this guy's a hero. And what I don't know what the whole payoff was like. Hey, look what survived me and my wallet, my wallet, you know, but what he jumps. I would have loved to have heard the pitch on this. And then he ends up like telling the FAA like, oh, no, it was like a mechanical malfunction. I don't know what happened. People end up watching it, including, oh, I don't know, the FAA. Mm -hmm. And we're like, do you always fly with your parachute on, bud? Mm hmm. Do, with a selfie stick, Andy? Apparently, he didn't. Like, it, there are cameras all over the plane, which YouTuber, I guess, he's like, I can get away with that. But the whole, you're wearing your parachute as things are, as you take off, and you didn't have to put this thing on, that's like a, that's a T you want to cross and an I you want to dot. Yeah. Right? Is, how do I make this believable? Not, I go up every time assuming I'm going to crash, so I wear my parachute. No. Wrong. And then you go and you... uh crash it into, like, protected lands of a state park. Which could cause, like, I don't know, a fire. Uh, California was never on fire. No. No, definitely not. And then he said, I don't know where it crashed. I just, I got out of there. And apparently where his whole story fell apart was because he's a YouTuber, Mm. he went back to the crash site and, like, recovered some some cameras so he could get his footage for of course. everything. He went back later. And they're like, well, that kind of go, goes right in the face of you... I don't know, not knowing where your plane crashed. This is all-time dumb. Mm-hmm. And this is what I just... Dan Lanning was was right about Colorado, right? <laughs> They're in it for clicks. <laughs> I didn't know where you were trying to land that plane. No. Well, this guy didn't either. No. What these pe- The lengths that these people will go to that are YouTubers and TikTokers is actually pretty gross. This is what I was talking about. Like two, three years ago when TikTok first came out, it was all fun, original content stuff. Now it's everything's trying to do something. Like, did you see the the guy who shot the YouTube guy? No. He, so in a mall, this guy like comes up and pretends to be kind of a cop and accosts this guy or a security guard and like accosts this guy and gets in his face and he draws and shoots him. Oh. They let him go. See, these people are idiots. Well, yeah. Though they let the guy who drew the gun shot him go because they, there's video of the entire thing and the guy clearly felt threatened. But here, like, th- like he's like, this YouTube stunt's going to be awesome. This will go off just fine. Nobody will ever, like, get me. What if there's somebody hiking in, uh, where that plane goes down? Yeah. What if it starts the wildfire, like yeah. you said? What about the 
hundreds of thousands of dollars that it takes to clean up a crash site yes. like that because I don't know you're taking chemicals a, into the forest. Yeah, well, chemicals, a the jet fuel or yeah. not jet fuel, but the uh, gas for your plane. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that there's debris everywhere because yeah. it's a plane crashing into the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. That would force these people to think about somebody other oh, than themselves, which yeah. they are inherently incapable of. But the, and that's I think the it's thing. like part of the circle of life, like when a ship sinks and becomes like a reef. They're thinking, oh, the plane will just crash and it'll become a part of the, the everlasting <laughs> the life cycle of yeah. the wildlife. Just, you in the ultimate, you can't fix stupid. No. I'm crazy. Like in in his comments to the judge after he said, "Like, yeah, this is fair. I deserve it." I I'm sitting there like, dude, you deserve more than just six months for your sheer stupidity. Yeah, let's mo- keep you six out of months for stupidity alone, and then six more months for the crime. <laughs> yeah, let's just keep you out of the population for a while. Make sure you can't reproduce. I wonder if they like wrote into there too, like. No oh boy, you can't be on YouTube anymore. Yeah, sterilize like, him and kick him off YouTube. No more YouTube for you. You've been internet grounded. Tom Haverford of Parks and Rec, where he was texting while he was driving and mm. he crashed his car, and the judge was like, uh, "It says here that I'm texting while I'm driving. Oops, just crashed." That's basically what this guy did, and they took his phone from him. This is what this guy needs. Mm-hmm. It's like you just need to say, "Take yourself out." of I mean, that. he's got to lose his pilot's license, right? Oh yeah, it's that that's got to be gone. That, right? I mean, yeah, they're not messing around with that. No, you're you gone. intentionally crashed like, the plane. It takes a lot to lose your pilot's license too. My, I remember one time my uh, my stepdad's stepdad um, took my brother and I up in a, a plane. He was like old. He's mm-hmm. old police guy. It was the only time I ever went in a plane with him because <laughs> I was like I remember looking at my brother going, "This is how we die." Yeah, like we were in like small planes. Like the takeoff is always a little wobbly. Oh, yeah. Nope, it was way worse than that. It w- we were just sitting there like white knuckling it the entire time. It was supposed to be like a fun day where we went somewhere and we went out to lunch and then we fly back. Mm-hmm. It was not fun at all. I like it was you- terrifying the entire time because he was old. He was going through his pre-flight routine, like checking the plane, and mm-hmm. he's like, nah, yeah. "I think it's all right." It's like, no, this should. This is no. not. A- it takes a lot for you to get your pilot's license revoked. I mean, I've told you about my, old, my, my one of my best friends, who's a fighter pilot who remained nameless, so he doesn't get investigated. We used to hop in his uh, Piper Cub uh, Cessna and do what's called paper chasing. Which is you go nose up, you throw a roll of toilet paper out the window, you cut the engine, and you chase the the paper with your prop. Oh dear lord! Yeah, so that's a uh, that's another thing that exists. No, that's stupid too. <laughs> Probably should name him. Good lord! Are you stupid or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah he and is. You, you keep you keep doing it until the toilet paper roll's gone. Oh, oh. up and down and up and down. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not judging you, because I am. And again, fighter pilot. One of the most advanced pilots on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. That's that's the best and brightest. At least it's not a billion-dollar piece of equipment that he's flying in that No, instance. it's like two. Dear Lord. <laughs> you about to find out. Goodness gracious. Oh, you want to brighten things up a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Well, an Oregon duck is being inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Michael James, uh, he had a, a nice little a fun thing to say about how he ended up in Oregon. We'll get to that more coming up here on Danny Dusty, Danny the Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan.
Girl, I must. I mean, Dusty, you're the Oregon guy through and through. Well, Michael James pretty much personifies that Chip Kelly era, right? Wait, say that again. Well, Michael James just kind of personifies the transition of that Chip Kelly era, right? There are very few players that are synonymous with an entire era of football. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah, LaMichael James is that, not just the Chip Kelly era at the University of Oregon, but kind of the blur era of college football Mm -hmm. where the no huddle and playing at a million miles an hour, he was the poster boy for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, he is rightfully being inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, which, uh, in my personal He's experience... officially in now! That is absolutely awesome. Yep. Well, Michael James is an incredible college football player. Amazing dude. Yep. And, like just One of the nicest guys I've ever come across in sports. Uh, I've run into him in his various Killer Burger locations and yeah. talked to him over the years. Just an awesome dude just to, who will come up to you and just start talking your own. And he is the reason why NIL should exist and is like he would have made a killing while at the oh, University God. of Oregon. Yeah. It would have it would have bought him another year at the University of Oregon, where he d- wouldn't have had to leave to make money mm-hmm. in the National Football League, where everybody knew his frame and his style of running wasn't conducive to the no. NFL. And he held on for a few years, even mm-hmm. doing that. And he was a spectacular college football player. And like, there's nothing wrong with being a spectacular college football player and not having a career that is as equal when you go on to the next no. level. It's a different sport. Yeah. I mean, the NFL in college, how many great college players have we seen that just don't pan out in the NFL? Regularly. That's why NLL, NIL is such a big deal necessary. It's guaranteed money. Well, it's necessary because Michael James brought millions upon millions of dollars to the University yes. of Oregon. A two-time consensus All-American. A guy who rewrote the record books at Oregon and... He was in a position where what else was he going to gain at the college level? You know, like it, it, there comes a point where you sit there and you go, I'm a two time consensus All American. It's my time, right? Like, and, and that is, it would have been so cool to see him cash in on NIL because he's making, he's making a, a good buck for himself now and a great living for himself. But if he would have had that footing coming out of college, too, that's a mm-hmm. great thing. That's a really cool thing because you never know what the NFL is going to bring. Uh, one of the questions he was asked uh, during his uh, press conference was how he ended up in Oregon, a, a running back from Texarkana, Texas. And he had this to say, I was being recruited by a couple of SEC schools, but a lot of them back then were Adidas. And I was a real big on Nike. So I kind of chose. And this is a true story. So I remember going to Mississippi State and Arkansas like, I can't look fly in no Adidas. So when you're 17, it's all about the swag. And you go to University of Oregon and they got 20 uniforms and all these other cleats. And I'm like, yeah, I can see myself here. But I didn't know it rained every other day either. <laughs> well, Michael James, the first checks over stripes guy that ever was. There is a, there's a very real thing about a lot of guys that come to Oregon and the uniforms did, did they do work yes. as a, as an entry point to the football program. Scoot Henderson talked about how he wanted to play at Oregon because of all of the different uniform combinations when we had him in for his workouts. There is also a, a story of Michael James was really homesick. His, his first year at Oregon, Oregon's like he very wanted different from Texas. He wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where he, he went home. I, I think there was some, something in the family, but he went home for a while and they like, there was concern. He was coming ever coming back mm-hmm. to the university of Oregon. He came back and it worked out for him in a great way. But it, that, that is the, the weather, the different culture mm-hmm. in Oregon, as opposed to Texarkana, 
Texas. A little bit different. It's a lot different. Um, Lily White out here in Oregon. Indeed. That is a shock for a lot of student-athletes that, that leave anywhere and Literally come anywhere here. in the country and come Because they have to, because yeah. I don't know if you've looked around the state of Oregon. There's not a lot of Division One football prospects, and mm-hmm. sure as hell aren't a lot of Michael James running around. Nope. <laughs> but I love the fact he was like, nah, it was the uniforms. Yeah, no, I mean, it was the uniforms. That was my entryway in. It was Nike. And to be fair, there was a 20-year period there where Adidas, oof, rough. They have rebounded. They ruined the NCAA tournament with those weird fanny God pack awful, uniforms yeah. that they made Kansas and Louisville wear, Ugh. where they had great uniforms, and they just went and screwed them up. They screwed up a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Their football uniforms still aren't good. No. Like they're, 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 getting, they're getting better. No, they're not, because like Herm Edwards, when he's like, what is this, little kid's jersey? Their jerseys are all just like tiny oh, and yeah, look the, like they're the, about to just fall off the yeah. uniform. They look cheap and... It's not a good. I'm not. I'm not three stripes the, for football uniforms. I was leaning more towards the design side, not opposed to the. Their 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 casual gear and their shoes are are better looking now than they were before, mm-hmm. though. They've done a really good job with Dame's on. Yes, a lot sure. of the other ones, you're just like, mm, mm-hmm. no, I'm out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm the, out. the Anthony Edwards, I'm not in on. But no, it is what it is. And speaking of basketball, the in season tournament had its first knockout stage last night. But first, we have to get to three up, three down. Three things we like. Three things we didn't come in the NFL and we can what was Danny and Dusty today, the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.